0: The Press Box
1: Hey back inside the Press Box For a Friday edition With a great weekend coming up Mike Grace here for my partners Chris Stewart And J.D. Byers Glad you joined us for the Press Box Podcast Where we offer just a slice of what you can hear Each and every weekday On great radio stations around the state of Alabama And online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com Want to find us on the dial? Uh, if there, Does anybody have a dial anymore? If you want to find us AM or FM, you can do so. Check the Affiliates page online at PressBoxRadio.com. Find the station nearest you on the episodes page. You can hear the show on demand hour by hour or simply press the listen button and you can hear the Press Box anytime 24-7 online again. PressBoxRadio.com. Well, it's college football season. Got a big weekend with Texas A&M hosting Alabama and Auburn hosting Georgia. If we're going to talk college football, why don't we talk to Mr college football as Tony Barnhart joins us and I follow him on Twitter at MrCFB. Saw a little quote you did this week about a 1986 Auburn-Georgia game. I remember a lot of these matchups, but that they turned the water cannons on at Jordan here that night.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's at the end of the game. Auburn was heavily favored, had Brent Fullwood. They're still going for an SEC championship. Georgia lost their starting quarterback, uh, James Jackson, who had to go attend the funeral of his grandmother and didn't return. Wayne Johnson got his first career start. Georgia played Vince Dooley football and, and won. I guess it was twenty to sixteen, and so the Georgia students, who I'm sure were impacted by Liquid Courage, uh, oh, decided man. to go onto the field and take a piece of the field home back to Athens. Oh. And they couldn't get them off the field, and so they finally they turned on the water cannons and got them off the field. And it was uh, that's, it's always known as been the the battle between the
3: hoses. So. <laughs> That uh so you can't I make you for, can't I, make this I, I, up, guys. No. That's a I, I had forgotten. That is that great, one, but that's that's part of it. And it, it there are a lot of people that think, and you would know because you're you're in a it's it's right there with Alabama, Auburn, especially when you're talking about the all-time series run. I mean, this one's this one's right there, especially from the Georgia side.
2: Well, it and, and there's a lot, there's a lot going on. I mean, it is my favorite rivalry because of all the interconnections among the schools. And really, all you need to know is that the field at Auburn is named after a Georgia grad and the field at Georgia is named after an Auburn grad. So that's, that's all you got to know about it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it is. And as we talked about, we had David Housel on the show a couple of days ago, and, and he was able to share an element of the, the Vince Dooley to Auburn, but not a story that, that never heard as a guy who was just outside the room when all that was going on and then inside the room himself. But, man, how how the trajectory of, of history for both of those schools and both of those men. I want to play what if. I know Nick, I'd never do this with Nick Saban because he didn't deal with hypotheticals. <laughs> But as somebody who's followed it and knows it as well as you do, if Pat Dye had taken Vince Dooley's job at Georgia because Vince Dooley took the job at his own mm-hmm. alma mater, how much different would those two programs have been, if any?
2: Uh, I don't know that it would have been, if if any, because think about th- those those men were hitting the right at the prime of their careers. Uh, understand that yeah, Vince Newley won the national championship in 1980 when Herschel Walker was a freshman. They went on to win three straight SEC championships and play for another national championship. So they were on the right uh, – Vince Newley was on the right trajectory. Pat Dye had just gotten to Auburn and was building his program. I, I, to me, if those two coaches had been swapped, I think the trajectory of the two schools would have been exactly the same.
3: One of those things historically that – that fans of today have a hard time grasping is that you're right. Georgia did win three in a row, and I don't think they played Alabama a single time during that stretch. It was the crazy dynamic where you didn't have a league championship game. Right. You didn't play everybody in the league. And so Alabama fans who utterly despised Auburn were always massive Auburn fans the week before the Iron Bowl because they were pulling for the Tigers to beat the Bulldogs. Because if it was a tie between Alabama and Georgia, whoever did not go to the Sugar Bowl the previous year would be the one that would get to go that particular year. So yeah, it was a. That's, it was that's exactly
2: right, and and it was so much different back then because they were playing six conference games, maybe seven. They didn't go to not eight conference games until 1992. So yeah, yeah. the. The Alabama people wanted uh, Auburn to clear the decks so they could have that championship.
0: Tony Barnhart's our guest in uh, the press box here on a Friday. It's J.D. down in Mobile. Uh, Tony, the quarterback matchup has intrigue, but yesterday we got on a topic about the South's oldest rivalry with David Housel and how Vince Dooley's interview in Birmingham and how quickly it went viral before social media. I wanted to ask you as a guy with a steep background – in print journalism and sports, how the role of print journalism as a medium in media has played a role going back, because this really intrigues me about the history and the impact of media, especially print, has in small town newspapers, medium-sized market newspapers, and large market newspapers, in the day when a sports journalist, sports writer, Played a big impact on establishing what is a big rivalry, who the big players are, where are the matchups and, you know, kind of told you as a reader, which ones matter on on the schedule And this one has been covered for so long. It is the South's oldest, but all these sports writers and all these markets have had a really big impact on what fans understand as a big rivalry.
2: Well, I'll I'll give you a perfect example of how newspaper impacted coaching search. Uh, In 1998, Vince Dooley announces his retirement as the head coach at Georgia, and the search is on. And the search committee, which met at the the Holiday Inn in Commerce, right there at the uh, Georgia-South Carolina line, uh, they met. They brought in Dick Sharon from North Carolina State and offered him the job, and he took it. Uh, And – Dick Sheridan told the selection committee, said, I just want you to do one thing. Do not let this leak out. Let me go back to Raleigh and tell my players. Well, you know how those reporters are. We had a source in the room and stripped across the top of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, not in the sports section, but on A1, was a headline on December 23rd that said, Sheridan to be named Bulldogs coach. And we had it nailed down. He had taken the job word gets back to Dick Sheridan. Dick Sheridan calls up the Georgia president, Chuck Knapp, and said, I asked you to do one thing. You couldn't keep it out of the media. I'm not coming. Wow. And so the search at Georgia had to be reopened because of the newspaper story that was, that was a hundred percent accurate. I might add. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but that, but that's the way since there was no social media, uh, we had that story at the AJC. We had it all to ourselves. And uh, it changed. It changed what decision making that uh, that Sheridan made and stayed at North Carolina State.
0: You know, it, and w- before websites and newspapers also converged and had the same content online, or especially prior to social media and things that go viral with the stroke of a button push, it's such a um, competitive medium, not just on the news side but also sports. And if you got guys who know, they're all trying to hold the same information. That gets competitive and in many larger markets, not only do you have a daily newspaper, but I think Birmingham even had two newspapers competing. Mm-hmm. One would be issued in the morning, one in the afternoon, and guys were going, you know, at each other's throat to break a story first.
2: There is nothing like a newspaper war, uh, when when you got a <laughs> bunch of people trying to get the same story. And they know if you got it, if you got the story. There was no medium for it to leave. It it was going to be in your newspaper the next morning, but there was no 24-hour news service. There was no internet. There was none, none of this social media. If you had it, you had it. And There was no greater feeling than having that story to yourself. It was awesome.
3: Tony Barnhart, our guest inside the press box. All right, so did Auburn get themselves fixed last week, or is LSU just so broke that Auburn was able to move on through it?
2: Well, to me, watching the game, Auburn fixed some things. But what I've learned after doing this a million years is that what what is a fix this week may not be a fix next week because the team you're playing next week is a lot better than the team you played last week. Sure. Uh, and let's just say the the curiosity I have is that Bo Nix Bo did a tremendous job of escaping pressure and using his legs to extend plays and making plays. He did a great job against LSU. I'm going to suggest to you that the the guys wearing the Georgia uniforms are a bit faster and more athletic than the guys from LSU. And so we'll see how that pans
3: out. I kind of thought that'd be the route you'd, you'd go with that. Um, I, I contend Georgia is built so much like a Nick Saban of, team of 5 6 years ago with the incredible dominance defensively so good strong do what they want to do especially in the run game offensively but man the closer we get to the end itself and the end goal maybe for Georgia the tighter things could get mm-hmm. and the tougher their job becomes is that fair
2: no oh, that's this is absolutely fair it's 100% accurate I uh, you know, I got all my fraternity brothers calling me and wanting to sleep on my couch for the SEC championship game. And I'm saying, guys, I'm telling you, I've seen this too many times. And if Georgia's still number two, uh, when they go to Jacksonville to play the Gators, I promise you that's going to be a game. It's going to be a big game. So, yeah, and, and you're right, Chris, as the time goes on and the pressure ratchets up, it's who, who, able, who is able to handle the pressure. Uh, under those situations, and we'll see. That's what that's what makes it. That's why we play the games. That's what makes it fun. Yeah.
3: It's why I think this weekend so dangerous for Alabama. Despite the struggles for Texas A and M, their their attention on the Alabama game, plus obviously the loss of their quarterback, but but yeah. their attention on the Alabama game from the start did not help them in the two games that they've lost. But they are still, they've still been locked in on Alabama. Well, oh, the right. fl- the flip side of that, where where Georgia is concerned, uh, you know, they've managed it well so far, but can they keep it locked in? That that's right. where it's going to be a, a real challenge.
2: Well, and oh by and Georgia by oh by the way, hosts Kentucky next week. Surprising, Kentucky, five and zero Kentucky, and uh, in, in, for first place in the SEC East. And so, and that's the thing about playing in the SEC, Chris, is that. As each week – and I think Lane Kiffin said it. Hey, the SEC, we got to play number one last week, and now we got to get get ready for another top five, 15 team. There's no there's no easy games. There are no – very few easy outs. And if you're not focused and ready to play, you can get beat.
3: Since you brought up – or at least I heard it. I don't know if you even said Ole Miss, but for some reason my mind went there. Is – Give me your take on Lane. Is he maxed out on what he can be, or is is there a final act that could still be the greatness that people thought he was going to have fifteen years ago?
2: Well, I think the thing with with Lane Kiffin is people tend to, because of his track record in the past, people tend to focus on the what's the word I'm going to use offbeat. The people tend to 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 focus in on that, like the whole popcorn thing last week. It, it was it was. Slightly amusing, but, you know, and I, I I thought the funniest thing was what the CBS guys did. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, but people tend to focus on that. The fact of the matter is Lane Kiffin is a really, really good play caller and offensive coordinator. He's really good at that. And I I, I think he – I think if he stays at Ole Miss, I think he'll do well because they're going to be able to recruit eventually uh, defensively. But I will say this. I mean, Listen, Lane – Lane has come so far <laughs> from, yeah. from what we dealt with a long time ago. So I, 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 give him credit for that, but, and, but people do tend to focus on the popcorn moments instead of the play calling sometimes.
0: Maybe some good ones uh, in the return to Knoxville. Uh, first time on the sideline at Neyland stadium since, well, you know what happened, but uh, Tony Barnhart question. You're the guy to ask, uh, Per Georgia, going into the Auburn game, J.T. Daniels can he go? Yep. Will he go? Does Georgia think they need him to go?
2: Yeah, great. It's a great question. And Georgia is going to treat his in. Here's what they don't want to happen. They don't want to force him into play before he's 100 percent ready because he's got to be. He's got to be healthy for the Florida game. All right, that that's the game, and they they'll never say this out loud. I'm just telling you that that is that is the the issue. And as long as they're in good shape with Stetson Bennett the fourth, they're going to go in that direction. The, Kirby has been very tight-lipped about it, and they said they don't know. But uh, if my belief is that if they if Georgia needs J T Daniels to beat Auburn, then J T Daniels is going to be pl- uh, to play if he's cleared by the doctors.
1: Tony Barnhart with us, Mr. College Football. Follow him on Twitter, at Mr. College Football. Final couple of minutes, I'm just going to ask you about Sam Pittman. Regardless of what happened definitely. last week for his Arkansas Razorbacks, what a turnaround, and, and and it looks like the guys in Fayetteville found the right guy.
2: They they definitely found the right guy. If you go back and look at their games last year, there were very few games in which they were outmanned uh, and, and just got beat. They played hard in every single game. Uh, and they, and when you talk to people about, you know, I got I got to know Coach Pittman when he was at Georgia for four years. Just just a wonderful guy. Pl- guys will play hard for him, and he hired two really good coordinators. That that can't be overstated. Uh, how good they have been, Barry Adam's done an incredible job with the defense. Uh, and so I, I think they do have the right guy. And now you know they've used the transfer portal well, which is going to be a big part of the future. And they got to keep recruiting. But the, the main thing that he said that caught my eye "This said, the thing that I'm most proud of is that the Arkansas people are now proud of their football team. That's what means the most to me, and that tells you a lot about Sam Pittman. All
3: right, so similar vein. Uh, the job Mark Stoops has done, and I, I don't know what's going to play out here. Nobody does in the in the weeks to come. But I get the, the feeling that he's not necessarily looking for the next mm-hmm. job a great one might be able to get him. I don't know if that means Florida. I don't know if that means one day Tuscaloosa. Yeah. But yeah. I think I he's got home, and they're going to pay him well enough there, too.
2: Yeah. And here's here's the thing with Mark Stoops. I remember sitting in his office, because I go see him about once or twice a year before, the, before COVID hit. I remember sitting in his office. He'd gone through the first two years. There were people that wanted to get rid of him. They, they were convinced he wasn't the guy. Came right. close to getting a bowl, second year, didn't get there. And they, he said, we can win here. I know we can win here. And what happened was when things got tough, what did Kentucky do? What did, what did Mitch Barnhart, the AD, do? He doubled down and says, okay, not only are we going to keep this guy, we're going to build him a $50 million training and office complex, and then we're going to sink another $120 million in the Kroger Field and make it something really nice. And then we're going to go recruiting, and that's what they did, and it's worked. And uh, they've recruited well. You know, they're not up there in the two, three, four. You know, with the eighty-nine five stars. That's not what they do. They recruit really good players and develop them uh, into into good, great players. And they, he has done a tremendous, tremendous job. That game against Florida the other night. They that, that was a game that previous Kentucky teams would have absolutely lost. And this one did not.
1: There is simply no better source for college football notes, news, history, you name it, than Mr. College Football himself, Tony Barnhart, kind enough to join us inside the press box and featured today on the Press Box Podcast. Hey, if you like what you hear, a couple things you can do for us. You can uh, subscribe to this podcast so you get the new ones every time they come out. Like us and review us. We'd appreciate that as well. And if you tell a friend, we'd be oh so indebted to you. They can find us wherever they find their favorite podcast. We're all over the map. Just find us. Search Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one to find the Press Box podcast. We hope you have a great weekend. Chris is off with his Crimson Tide at Texas A&M. J.D. traveling with South Alabama this weekend to take on Texas State. We'll recap those games, plus Auburn, Georgia, and much more come Monday when we see you inside the Press Box.